0: affection,
1: deep respect, that I am able to introduce Tyrone Cashman, uh, our Dharma brother. Uh, And what many of you don't know is that for his entire professional life, he has been a premier climate activist, uh, a scientist in the realm of senior fellows and presidents of certain institutes and and leadership that um, he doesn't talk about right now. but I wanted to just acknowledge, Ty, all that you come with uh, is, of course, your Buddha nature <laughs> um, and uh, great expertise, and beautiful spirit. I know Wendy also wants to say something of in introduction
0: also. We find ourselves this morning in a circle, uh, within a circle with no beginning and never ending. As the Buddha said, the whole of spiritual life is spiritual friendship, and this is a deep, wide, and growing circle of friends that gather to listen to you this morning. Centuries of love and practice with you. I remember... Many, many, many years ago when practice was just getting started in Minnesota, your homeland, I asked you, will Zen practice flourish in Minnesota? And you said, well, something like, well, we're very quiet about practice here. We put it out in the winter, and if it's still there in the spring, we might pay attention. Uh, You have been dogged and ever-present From the yellow and gold sails of the windmill to grounded, dedicated, big primate intelligence, we have such gratitude and heartfelt honoring for you, Tyrone Cashman, this morning. Thank you for your teaching, for your practice, and for your strong, everlasting, discerning, stone-cold, hard, beautiful spirit. Thank you.
1: And Ty, what I'm going to do is when you give me a cue, I, I'm going to put your own up in a shared screen. But I wanted to just say one more thing, which is just, it was a thrill for me to hear Ty talk about his experience with his ode. So I hope you also enjoy, will enjoy it. Okay, with all that, Ty, you poor thing, now you have to say something. (laughs) (laughs) Let me make you, let's see, let me spotlight you for a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. There you are. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: What I want to say, what a pleasure it is to sit with this particular group the marvelous, marvelous characters and depth of experience that so many people have in this little sangha, the 20 people that have gathered here with us that I can see, and the more more than those, many more than those. I just want to thank, uh, as a place to practice, this is about as good as it gets for me. So, I wrote this ode at, uh, 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 at Jean's request. And I did study Greek in the old days, so I know what an ode is. And, uh, it's a it's a It's a Greek song, uh and the person who sings it is not supposed to be throwing light upon themselves. So we always call out to uh, one of the gods or goddesses to sing for us because we'll not be able to sing it well enough. And these were the words that came to me and grew and grew over the last uh, uh, many weeks, four weeks, six weeks, 10 weeks. And I'll let it speak for itself here.
0: All right, Wendy, it's going to be. He's going to do it now. And it will be up on the screen.
1: Wendy? Mute yes. Your, sorry. Mute okay. Do you want me to put it up now, Ty? Uh, sure. Hold on.
0: <clears throat>
1: well, I'm trying to, maybe I need to take you off
2: Spotlight.
0: It, it, and it's
2: alright if you don't. I can read it slowly. It's alright if it doesn't come
1: up. I'm just going to remove the spotlight for a second and then share the screen. Uh, Here it is. Okay,
2: there you go, my dear. Ah, there we go. Okay. So I found myself, after reading it uh, and working with it, wanting to put these two little words up ahead of the title on on the page. And one is Intimacy. Intimacy is, is the biggest thing. And then, what am I? And the answer is clearly I am the earth. So, ode to the hard truth, the stone hard beauty of what is. Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. That which is form is emptiness. That which is emptiness, form. The same is true, and this is the big point, the same is true of feelings, sensations, impulses, consciousness. Guess what, everybody? They are empty. I sing of intimacy, I sing of Mother Planet's gravity as she holds us in her arms, day and night. I sing of gravity loud and long. Every moment of every day, my Great Mother Planet has her arms wrapped around me just as my human primate mother wrapped hers around me, gently yet strongly. As a large arboreal mammal must do. Not too tight, so I can still breathe and exercise my muscles, and not too loose, so that I do not fall from the tall trees of our habitat. She holds me with the elastic loops of her gravity so completely that I never fear that I might drift away from her side into the outer spaces, propelled by the centrifugal force of her majestic rotation. My huge mother planet never lets me leave her side. She is so big compared to me. Between us, we generate one G of gravity me with my tiny mass, nestling, nuzzling by her side. I get up from bed in the morning and stand on her great side, my legs pointing down toward her iron core, the little bones in my ears reading the tugs of gravity from the directions where the planet is heaviest. I walk on the bottom of her ocean of air, 30 miles deep. A sea of nitrogen and oxygen on an iron core planet like ours generates 15 pounds per square inch of pressure. I chant the viscosity of her atmosphere, thick enough for birds to to swim in and climb around on. At 15 pounds per square inch, enough pressure to push oxygen into my lungs as I expand their volume to receive it. I cannot pull the oxygen into my lungs. The weight of the column of air above my head must push it in for me. I sing of breathing that she and all of us do together. She powers each creature's in-breath. And we all respond, squeezing each lungful back out. Just the hard facts. How exciting. I sing our mother planet made of the materials, the same materials that I am. You and I, each living organism of land and sea, is built of atoms from Mother Planet's surface. This many nitrogens, that many oxygens, that many carbons, phosphorus, potassium, calcium. And where did these atoms that we are built from come from? Let us ask. I pinch my hand. I feel the flesh of my hand, warm, resistant, not too soft, not too hard, real. My hand, a living material thing, sharing the life of my whole body. Where did my hand get these individual atoms it is built of from? Other planet did not make them. Ah, uh-huh. she is made of them too. They, these very atoms, are billions of years old, though they feel quite fresh when I squeeze my hand. These individual atoms from the light end of the periodic table were built by a star, a grandfather star to us, These carbon and nitrogen atoms, these oxygen and phosphorus units were built out of primordial hydrogen atoms by a star to which we owe everything. I sing the living creatures that emerge from the lightest elements of the cosmos, each atom put together in the forge of a main sequence star. Most likely by our grandfather star in his early eons. Grandfather star made all our atoms, each of the heavier ones forged from lighter ones. Before he died, he was able to make atoms as heavy as iron, but no heavier. The heavy half of the periodic table a star can only make in the last explosive gasp of his death throes as a nova or supernova. But we, life forms to be, didn't need those heavier atoms. Iron was enough. Iron was the last one. And Mother Planet used her father's gift of iron in two essential ways, protecting and building. I sing the gift of iron, Mother Planet's massive iron core, so huge and heavy. Situated as she is, only 93 miles from the sun, the Mother Planet and all of us terrestrial life forms are vulnerable to the solar wind, a flow of charged particles streaming from the sun, iron nuclei stripped of All their 26 electrons, voracious for electrons wherever they can find them. And against this, Mother Planet protects us with her iron core. I sing the Domino Dynamo of Earth. Half of her iron core is molten from heat, and half even hotter, is solid from even more gravitational pressure. She generates, as her molten iron swirls next to her solid iron, a vast electromagnetic protective shield far above the cool oceans and the sharp mountains of her surface. As a dynamo, she spreads a protective magnetic shield 10 Earth radii on the the daytime side and 60 radii on the nighttime side, deflecting away from our tender flesh, the stripped clean of electrons, iron nuclei that come hurtling out of our sun's explosive core in our direction. Iron nuclei hungry for electrons wherever they can find them. That is one gift of iron from our grandfather star. Then a second gift, I chant the second gentle intimate roll of iron that makes the vast panoply of aerobic life forms possible. It goes back to the time when the blue-green algae discovered their famous good trick called photosynthesis 2.7 or 2.8 billion years ago. This is the trick of capturing energetic photons from the sun and pooping out oxygen molecules as a waste product. After photosynthesis turned up, A billion years went by, and during that billion years, with slow but steady leak of O2 into mother planets, mostly nitrogen atmosphere, new plants and animals were evolving to need the high-energy oxygen to drive their new high-tech metabolism. We knew multicelled organisms needed a way to carry oxygen from the atmosphere to the tiny mitochondrial factories that build our living cells from within. It took circulating blood and iron's special attraction to oxygen to solve this problem. A hemoglobin molecule built like a little four-wheeled railroad car, can carry a carload of four oxygen atoms around the network of arteries, dropping off oxygen atoms as it chugs down to the tippy tip of capillaries and then up again, carrying waste CO2 molecules in the veins to dump back into the air from the lungs. Once out in the atmosphere, the CO2 can be grabbed up again by plants building the sugars of their bodies. Little railroad cars, four oxygen atoms at a time, building the bodies of animals in the tiny metabolic factories of the symbiotic mitochondria in each animal cell. Iron ions. Picking up oxygen, then letting it go. Picking up CO2, then letting it go over and over to constitute a life. Mother planet warms us from the cold, dark emptiness of outer space by the hearth of our mid-sequence star 93 million miles away just far enough away that a light blanket of CO2 can maintain a requisite warmth at planet's surface. 275 parts per million, up to 350, is just about right. At 422 parts per million of CO2, Mother Planet is growing too hot for this sampling of life forms. Not good for coral reefs, not good for polar bears. For a while, 55 million years ago, her CO2 blanket was even thicker than it is today during a great burp of CH4. It was maybe 800 parts per million. Some horses survived some birds, alligators, camels, bears. Some primates survived to become our ancestors. I sing of a mother planet, offering us all the most extraordinary range of possible temperatures, rich chemistry, perfect distance from the sun. Form is not different from emptiness. Emptiness is not different from form. The same is true of feelings, perceptions, impulses, consciousness. Did we get that? The same is true of feelings, sensations, impulses, consciousness. We misunderstand. We imagine we are. Feelings, perceptions, impulses, consciousness. No. Feelings, perceptions, impulses, consciousness are empty. We are this extraordinary planet. There is still a chance to get it right. Hard facts. Hard truths. Stone hard beauty.
1: An unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect Dharma is rarely met with, even in a hundred thousand million kalpas having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept. I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Thank you, Tyrone. Anything you'd like to share
2: as a postscript um well i i have to say that working on this ode and stringing it out longer than i expected has been a lesson for me in the truth of all these pieces uh and uh It's very useful to keep keep these things in mind. And the uh, Heart Sutra, the realization of the emptiness was my big insight. That we imagine we are. The, the Heart Sutra tucks that little phrase in there. The same is true for perceptions, impulses, sensations, consciousness. It tucks that in. And just says the same is true. But if you let, let it out, spell it out, spread it out, you begin to see there's nothing there in the consciousness and sensation and impulses compared to the earth that is doing it all. That is doing us in this cosmos.
1: Thank you. Great Zen teaching. Nothing is there. Everything is there. Thank you. Uh, do you have a question for us, Ty? Do you have something you'd like us to do in our breakout groups?
2: Um, no, I didn't. I didn't think of that. I didn't. I. I would like to get some sense, if if some piece of the uh, of the ode spoke to you, that's what I'd like you to speak to, in the in the uh, breakout groups.
1: Oh, if some some phrase, some idea, some um, intuition arose in hearing and reading Ty's Ode and what he has said about his process. Um, Please share that with another person for the next 12 minutes.